Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, and we're going to use this as our foundation point. If you would stand to your feet as you're turning to the book of Matthew, starting in verse 20, chapter 22, we're going to read, starting with the scripture in verse 35, and this is where Pharisees are, are, are talking to Jesus, and they're trying to catch Jesus in... in uh, they're trying to disprove who he is. They're trying to catch him in some kind of uh, lies or, or, or bad teaching. And as they're approaching Jesus and they're talking to him, one of the lawyers stands up. One of the Pharisees approaches Jesus. In verse 35, if you're there, say amen. amen. I want to read to you what he says. He says, then one said to them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master... Which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the great commandment in the law? Look with me in verse 37. Look at Jesus' response here. And Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love, everyone say love. love. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. But what's strange is, is that Jesus is misquoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. How many of you know that the word of God, Jesus, it's impossible for him to misquote? Because he is the word. In fact, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus differentiates it. He says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus is separating the heart and the mind, and he's giving a differential. He's, he's breaking apart these and giving us a 3D dimension of what love is all about. Notice as we go on. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love. Someone say love. Look at your neighbor, tell him love. You shall love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I firmly believe that if we love God and we develop a community of people that love God, that we will develop a people that know how to love people. And as a result, we could transform, that we could shift, we could change the world, that we could literally see the gang violence in the city of San Jose go down, that we could see property values go up, that we could see our economy turn around. I really believe that if we develop a people that love God, that love people, we can transform our world. Oh, come on, somebody get excited for Jesus this morning. It based on one simple word, love. On the simple statement, love. And it's always been about love. I need you to understand that if we go all the way back to the Old Testament, when you go to the book of Genesis and you find where Adam and Eve are busted for, for falling into sin, God goes looking for Adam and Eve in the cool of the night and he can't find them because they're hiding. 
And when they're hiding, notice this. How many of you know that when God asks you a question, God normally already knows what the answer is? Right? He's God. When God goes looking for Adam and Eve, he already knows what the answer is, but he doesn't speak judgment to Adam. He asks him, where are you? Adam said, I was naked, so I hid. Who told you you were naked? Well, we, we ate of the tree you told us not to eat from. Well, why did you eat from the tree? It was the woman you gave me. That's another sermon. We won't, we won't touch that one. All the men say. All the women say. And, and so I want you. Then from there he goes to Eve and he says, what is this that you've done? Well, it's the serpent that you created. Everyone's playing the blame game. And, and through the process, even when Cain kills Abel, God knows what Cain has done. But he asks him, where's your brother? You see, I need you to understand that God showed his love all the way back in the book of Genesis. Why? Because God is love. Not, God doesn't have love. God is love. I need someone to hear me this morning. God can't love you more than he loves you right now. He doesn't tolerate you when you're bad and then love you when you're good. God loves you when you're bad. He loves you when you're good. He loves you on the mountaintop. He loves you in the valley. He loves you when things are great and he loves you when all hell is busted loose. I need you to know that God loves you this morning. That you don't have to perform for God. That God loves you just the way you are. That God doesn't tolerate you. God loves you. Why? Because God doesn't have love for you. God is love. Oh, come on. Somebody got to grab a hold of this. I'm about to set someone free. See, I was born and raised in a, in a, in a denomination. I was born and raised in a belief system that, that it was all about performance, about making myself acceptable to God. That the more I worked, the more God would accept me. And that when I would blow it, God was waiting just to hit me upside the head when I would blow it. And that I would have to work myself back into the good graces of God. But when I see and I read throughout the word of God, there's something about the John, the, the, the beloved disciple. Who calls himself the disciple that God loves? Do you notice in the Bible, no one calls John the disciple whom Jesus loved? Other than John? John's the one that wrote the book that says the disciple that Jesus loved. And any of the disciples could have wrote that, but the problem is this. John was the one that was comfortable in receiving love from God. Oh, somebody's got to hear me this morning. See, many of us know that God is love, but we have messed up so many times in our hearts, so many times in our lives, that it's not a matter of God loving you, it's a matter of you receiving the love that God has for you. Religion has messed you all up. Religion has gotten in your mind, it's gotten into your heart, it's destroyed the very fabric of the love that God has for you. But I need someone to hear me this morning, that God loves you. He is head over heels, sweaty palms, heart pumping, totally in love with you this morning. It's always been about love, but how do you measure love? 
It's such an abstract thing. How do you measure when, you know, you love the Cowboys because you're wearing that, that, that off, God-awful jersey here this morning. <laughs> but you're, how, do we, how do we measure love for something? How, how do you measure love? Well, when God measured love, God measures love this way in us to him. Is that if you love me, you will obey my commandments. You can't say that you love God if you don't do what he says. Man, it got quiet up in here. I love God, but you don't give. I love God, but you're sleeping around. I love God, but you don't read your word. I love God, but I don't pray. You don't love God. See, the, the, the reality is this. Let, let me, let me get, let's get real this morning, all right? Can we, can we get real? Let, let, let's break it down. You see, it, it's, not, it's not the fact that we don't love God. I believe, and I, I want to take that, I don't believe that, that people don't love God. I believe every one of you in here this morning loves God. Say amen. I, I believe that everyone here this morning loves God. Amen. Or else you wouldn't be here this morning. Why would you come to church if you didn't love God? I, I believe that everyone pretty much, it, it's, there, there's very few people on the earth, but I believe most people, most sane people, love God. It's not a matter of not loving God. It's a problem that we love other things more. I love God, but I love the high I get more. I love God, but I love my money more. I love God, but I love sleeping in on Sunday mornings more. So it's not a matter of us not loving God. It's a matter of us loving God. We just love other things more. God's not in the priority there. Let's take a look at this. I want to, let's lay down the foundation here. Are you with me this morning? This, it's going to get ugly. I'm going to get up in your grill this morning, Okay. Verse 37, Jesus said to him, thou shalt love. Everyone say love. love. Who shall we love? The what? I want you to take a look. Put up the other, the other slide. Notice this. Jesus said unto him, you shall love the what? The Lord. the Lord, your God. Why is that important? If you go back to the book of Genesis, throughout the whole book of Genesis, it says, and God created, and God created, and God created. But when Adam is created, after God creates Adam, it transforms from, and God created, it now goes to, and the Lord God, and the Lord God, and the Lord God. Lord God, Adonai, when it talks about Adonai, it's Yahweh. It's talking about the holy God, the relational God, the God that is Adonai. He is the Lord. He is the master. He is the ruler. But when Satan, the serpent, speaks to Eve, he says, did not God say? He removes the term Lord from God's title. Oh, you got to catch this. See, Satan doesn't mind you knowing the creator God. He doesn't want you acknowledging Lord God. Because Lord is a term of recognizing his lordship, his ownership. Adam and Eve were given access to the garden, not ownership of it. 
Say it again, Pastor. Adam and Eve were given access to the Garden of Eden, not ownership of it. And many times God has given us as human beings access to different things. And we've taken access as possession. That this is mine. It's not yours. It's God's. It's the Lord God's. And what Jesus is saying is that we must love the Lord God. See, I need you to understand this morning. Many of us love the deliverer. Many of us love the provider. Many of us love the healer. Many of us love the peace. Many of us love the banner. Many of us love the grace. Many of us love the love of God. But we do not know or have accepted the lordship of God. You want the healer, you don't want the lordship. Because we want God to heal us, but we don't want to do things his way. Remember, remember in the Old Testament, the leper that comes to Elijah, Elisha. And when he gets to Elisha, he says, hey, uh, I, I want to be, be healed. And Elisha doesn't even come out to talk to him. He says, hey, go, go over to this water over there. Dunk yourself seven times and you'll, you'll be healed. And the guy's ticked off. He's mad. Man, the prophet didn't even come out and talk to me, didn't lay hands, didn't do any voodoo stuff over me. He just told me to go dip myself in the water. And so he's upset, he's mad, and he's ready to leave until a servant says, if he had told you to do something great, wouldn't you have done it? And Neiman said, yeah, yeah, I probably would have. Well, what do you got to lose then? Do what the man of God told you to do. What do you got to lose? Why not start doing the things God's asked you to do? And doing it his way. Why not try having in 2015 a relationship that honors God? Why not try to have finances that honor God? Why not try to have a mind that honors God? Oh, somebody got to hear me this morning. But you can't have that unless you love God. The word Lord is curion in the Greek. It is the supreme controller, owner, master, or Lord. It is the New Testament's equivalent to the Old Testament title of Yahweh. The, the most holy word that when, the, when the, the scribes, when the scribes would write it down, you old demon, get away from here. When the, when the scribes would write it down, they would literally begin to change their clothes. They would take a bath before they would write that holy word of Yahweh. And I want you to understand this. It says, because God created the heavens and the earth, he is the Lord and the curios over all things. He is the Lord. He is the ruler. If God created you, then God is master over you. Now, for all of you that evolved from monkeys, you're cool. All you amoebas, all of you Big Bang, all, for, for those of you that came from from, from reptiles and all, and, and, from, and came from, from apes and all that stuff, then you're, you're good. But for those of you that God formed you out of the dust of the ground and blew breath into you and brought that dirt into life, for those of you that God spoke the word and created and brought life out of you, to him you owe everything that you are to him. Why? Because he is curious. He is Lord. He is Yahweh over my life. Somebody say amen. And see, many of us want the benefits of the Lord, and we just don't want the rulership of him. 
You don't want a Lord. You want a genie. You want to rub the lamp and have him meet all your needs without you being subject to him. You've been reading too many fairy tales. God don't operate like that. You don't rub the lamp in order to get what you want from God. It's all based on something called relationship. Oh, it's going to get deeper here in a second. I want you to notice this. Let's take a look at the 3D relationship Jesus gives us here. Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your Come on, with all your heart. Everyone say heart. Heart is a key, the, the, the Greek word car, cardia. It's where we get cardiatric from. It, it's, where, it's where when we're talking about in, in car, when we're cardia is referring to the heart, the matters of the heart. Jesus says that we are to love from the heart. We're to love from the soul, the suke. The Greek word is suke. It's the breath of God. It's the literal life of God. And then lastly, from the mind. And so God separates these three areas. He separates these three areas. And I want you to notice, first of all, from the heart, how do we love God on a three-dimensional level. I want you to recognize that when I have a relationship with my wife, I don't just love her physically. I love her mentally. I love her emotionally. I've come and brought all three areas of my relationship with my wife. It's not just a physical one. It's a spiritual one. It's an emotional one. And when I have a relationship with her, it all comes together. That's why many of you are, have a relationship with God and you feel empty. Because you're trying to love God on one level, on one plane. And so you're only loving God through theory, not through experience. That's why when I talk about the love of God, you have no clue what I'm talking about. You're like, well, well I go to church. Well, I, I, I give every so often. I, I even clap my hand on that song that they did. But, but I, I walk out and I still feel empty. It's because you haven't experienced what's called the 3D love. You haven't experienced the love of God from the heart. Let me break this down to you. For, for first of all, from the heart, excuse me for my, my club tattoo. Uh, I got tagged this morning while I was coming into church. Uh, anyone else get one while you were coming in as well? One of our little kids in the church had got a stamp in children's church, and he was tagging everyone that was coming in. So I see some of you looking, you're like, hey, what club is that that pastor went to? I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I saw you, Rose. I got, I got you. The first area is from the heart. Take a look at this. Cardia. That can relate to three aspects. It could talk about the heart, the physical organ, the heart. It could be talking about referring to the, the center of a, of a being or the emotional source of your emotions or the core of anything. So if I take away the heart of something, I'm taking away the very life of it. When God wants us to love him from the heart, that is talking about the true measure of a man. When I talk about the heart of a man, when I say you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, God should be the central point of your life. That if God has taken away Away. It's like taking air away from a human being, water away from a fish, dirt from a plant. That when I remove those things from it, it's going to die. That if you take God away from me, I can't exist. I can't survive. Without God, I'm nothing. That is what love for God from the heart is all about. That he's the central point. He's the very center point of my being. The problem is many of you can survive without God. You've learned to survive without God. 
Now, you're just like that fish I caught in Clear Lake years ago. Caught the biggest, ugliest catfish you've ever seen in your life. Easily about 25 pounds. Pulled it up to the side. That thing was just sitting there with its gills. I looked at that thing, and I I wasn't going to cook it. I wasn't going to clean it. But we left that fish there for about 20 minutes just looking at it. Well, me and a bunch of guys were arguing. I said, who was going to clean it? If you can't throw it back in, it's too big of a fish. We're just going back and forth, and that fish just sat there. Well, as soon as y'all figure out what you're going to do, let me know. (laughs) Because I'm dying here. Now, the fish wasn't dead. It was surviving. And many of us are operating our lives just like that fish. You're no longer swimming in the presence of God, but you've learned to just survive on the shore of life. And as long as you have a pulse, I'm living. No, you're not. You're existing. And God never meant for you to exist. God meant for you to thrive. See, the heart is the very thing that God looks at. Says that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. What's your heart condition like today? What's your cardio all about? The second area was, see, I want you to understand our love for God starts in the core of our emotions, our heart. Secondly, soul, the suke. The soul was the very breath that God breathed into Adam. Without the, after he formed him, he would have just been a clay being. But until the breath of God was given to him, did he become a living being? I want you to know, it's your suke that makes you different from any other existence, any other being. It's the suke that gives you your soul. It's the thing that makes you different from animals. It's a place of reasoning. It's a place where your basic human emotion comes from and drive. It's the very breath of God. I want to love God with my spirit. I want to love God with my very soul, with the very center of my being that's going to go on, not just when this body dies, but it's going to go on for eternity. My love is not a temporary love. It's going to be a love that's going to go on forever. That's the kind of love, the central love that I have for God. God doesn't want this temporary love that we give to him when only things work out well. I'll love you today as long as my bills are paid. The soul is totally different from the body. See, that's why you can't love, that's why you can have a love for God in your heart, but still make decisions that hurt his. Let me say that again. That's why many of us, we feel like we love God, but we keep making decisions that hurt his heart. It's because your soul, you don't love God with your soul. Your soul is a place of decisions. It's your choice. It's where, it's where you take your physical information, your spiritual information. It's from the soul that your choices and your will are made. The last area he says is this, is in the area of the mind. The mind is the intellect. It's your reasoning. I want you to understand that many of us will follow after God as long as we understand him. Say it again, Pastor. We will follow after God as long as we understand him. The moment you ask me to do something that I don't understand regarding God, then I'm not going to follow after God anymore. I need you to understand, a God that you could understand is a God that's not powerful enough to meet your need. The moment you can understand everything about God is the moment you've created a God that you can manage. 
The God that I serve is, is exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything I can ask or think. The God that I serve is more powerful. The God is, uh, that I serve is amazing. Jesus was saying this. I want you to understand, Pharisees. You understand who God is. You know who God is. But can you trust God to be a God that operates and heals on the Sabbath? Can you trust God that God's a God that can work outside your box? A God that can do things that you have accepted and understood as being this is the way it is. That the God I serve is able to move outside your religious experience. That's what Jesus was telling the Pharisees. That's why he changed it from strength to mind. Because the Pharisees had had a, a set of rules of the way that God works. And Jesus was saying, God's about to do something that's going to break all the rules. God's bigger than your rule book. Did you hear me? God's bigger than your rule book. He, he can heal cancer. He can restore marriages. He can restore finances. He can break addictions. God is still stronger. He's still able to go beyond your ability to understand him. See, I need you to understand as I close. John, if you would help me this morning. Love is a choice. Love doesn't have, you don't love God by chance. You love God by choice. I'm convinced that we love God. I'm convinced that most people love God. It's just that we've fallen in love with other things more. How many times have you seen the child that disobeys his parent tell his mom and dad, even though they disobeyed, mom, I love you, daddy, I love you. The husband that have a, has an affair on his wife. But babe, I still love you. It's not that they don't love that person. It's they just found that their need and their love for themselves is more important. I want you to know something about God. Jesus says that I want you to love the Lord your God with, he says, heart, soul, and mind. Listen very carefully as I close. But there's one word that precedes all three of those conditions. Love the Lord your God with No, no. Love the Lord your God with your heart. With your. With your. Three letters. All. And yet we haven't given all in anything in our lives. You've never given your all to anything. You've never given your all. you never committed your whole thing. to. You start a diet, and by the third week of the year, you're, you're done with it. Start a relationship, and you're dating someone else by the, by the time the first date's over. You're already texting the next person. 
You don't know what it is to finish anything. That word all speaks of absolute, total submission and dedication. What would happen in your life if this year in 2015, you were to give your all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind to God? What if you went all in? What if you gave God your all? What if you gave your everything? What would your life look like? How would this year be so much different than where you ended up 2014? Try giving your all instead of your percentage. Give your all to your spouse. Well, you know what, Pastor? I'm, I'm only going in as far as they go. You can't do it like that. You have to give 100 regardless of what you get in return. I shared in the first service that when my wife and I got married, and if you've ever seen me do a wedding, you would have heard the story. When we got married, I picked this little ring when we went to the jewelers and had it designed. Had it designed. I had them add two diamonds on the little. So I designed the ring. So we had them add a couple more diamonds on the, the ends. But after they, we got married, every time I would put on a sweater or any time I would be, you know, grab a pillowcase or whatever, the ring would keep catching on things. And I would snag sweaters. I would snag the pillowcases. Uh, you know, uh, didn't matter. It was, it was getting caught on everything. Even, even her hair, it would get caught in her hair and just pulling out these, these hairs everywhere. And... I remember just every time it would get stuck on something, just pulling it off and forgetting about it until one day I looked down and realized that I lost the diamond because I ignored the irritation. What she did is the very next Christmas is she bought me another ring just like it. She went to the jewelers, had them add two more diamonds on the side of the, the ring that I had picked out and she opened it up, and it was a little different. I told her, I remember opening it up, and she says, you know, I finally got you something that you needed, something that you wanted. I said, take it back. She said, why? I said, because this one's so much more important to me now. Because I realized, I realized this very thing, that if I ignore irritations in our marriage, I might lose something very valuable. In the first service this morning, I had to preach really fast because we had fire alarms going on throughout the whole school. I mean, we're trying to preach, and this, the lights are going off in here. The, the piercing sound was just, it was just unbearable. It was terrible. And yet people stayed for the word during that time. I believe that there are alarms going off in your own spiritual lives right now. 
alarms that are blaring right now that are saying you're going too far, you got to come back right now. And this message right now is just a warning to get you back and recognize it's not about religion, it's not about how many times you go to church, it's about recognizing, eh, 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 eh. it's about loving God, it's about that God loves you and that God's done everything that you don't need to perform for God, God's done it all. But if you would go all in, if you would love the God, if you would reciprocate and love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Trust God even when it doesn't make sense. I guarantee you that 2015 will be the best year ever. This will be the year like no other. It'll be a year where you will find blessings overflowing blessings. Some of you have had wave after wave of bad news. I'm here to tell you that when you love God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, it's going to be waves and waves of blessing. I'm not saying nothing will ever go wrong. It's just that when I love God, it doesn't matter what's going on around me as long as I have him. Bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.